Good evening, Lafayette. It's Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or use that KPL app chat right there on your phone. Just open up the KPL app. If you don't have the KPL app, don't worry. It's fine. No need to panic. Just go to your app store, download KPL 96.5, the app. You will be able to... Listen live, check out all of our stories, uh, and most importantly, at least as far as I'm concerned, send messages to the show. There's a little text message-looking icon in the upper right corner. You can send a message to the show, and I usually respond to you both on and off the air. Now, I I know that the national shows have been talking about it all day. You, you've heard a lot about the Colorado Supreme Court today. I broke the news for you last night. It, it happened right as, or, or the, the decision came out right as we were ending the show yesterday. Uh, so I gave you a, a little bit on that and just a brief opinion on it. I want to expand on that a bit today. I don't want to spend the whole show on it. Uh, if you want to call in and let your comments be known, absolutely. You want to use the KPL app to uh, send in your comments, share your outrage, whatever. That's fine too. It was a bombshell decision. This is a completely unique situation. No one has ever tried to use the 14th Amendment to keep somebody off the ballot in the modern era. The the 14th Amendment was passed in the wake of the Civil War. And it was largely a response to the Southern states rejoining in Andrew Johnson, the president at the time, pardoning a bunch of Confederates. But even then, there are still plenty of people who served in the Confederacy, who got government positions, who, who served, uh, who served in government positions in the United States. The left now is holding Donald Trump to a tighter standard than people, than the United States government held the actual Confederacy when it comes to the 14th Amendment. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment reads, No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president or vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each House, remove such disability. And there are Democratic groups that are pushing for several states to remove Donald Trump from the ballot. Colorado is one. Michigan is one. Now the lieutenant governor of California is telling the secretary of state of California to find whatever means necessary to strip Donald Trump of eligibility to be on the ballot in California. A group of four judges out of seven on the Colorado Supreme Court decided there was enough evidence to say that Donald Trump's candidacy was a violation of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. 
here's what you need to know. The Colorado Supreme Court's decision will not have an immediate impact on 2024. The Supreme Court is going to say, you're full of crap, and they're going to overturn that decision. A civil matter in a state court cannot invalidate the candidacy of somebody for a federal race. They're they're not going to say that power exists. The Supreme Court will not say that Colorado or any state Supreme Court can do this. But it's the implication of the decision that should be very, very worrying to you. You all know my feelings on the man at the heart of this issue. It's actually very funny. There are people on the internet, people on Twitter and elsewhere, who have attacked me today for saying a supposedly never-Trump Republican is all of a sudden defending Trump and defending his insurrection. No. I'm defending the rule of law. Which is where we should be. We should be, first and foremost, people who agree that the rule of law comes before any man, woman, or child. A panel of judges decided on their own that a person was guilty or tr- of treason and or inciting an insurrection without that person having been charged with either of those crimes, much less tried and found guilty by a jury of their peers. Now, the U.S. Code for Insurrection, the U.S. Law, the U.S. Code was not updated with a law on insurrection until the 1940s, I think 1948 maybe. Insurrection was not a law on the books. But it is on the books now. And in fact, if you read what U.S. Code says about insurrection, it seems pretty clear that you have to be found guilty. Whoever incites, sets on foot, assists, or engages in any rebellion or insurrection against the authority of the United States or the laws thereof, or gives aid or comfort thereto, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 10 years or both, and shall be incapable of holding any office under the United States. U.S. Code clarifies that insurrection is a crime. It is a charge. You need to be charged and found guilty of it in order for that punishment of 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 not being able to hold office takes effect. The circumstances of today are not the circumstances of the post-Civil War era of the United States. The 14th Amendment was passed at a time when a group of several states, the leaders of those states, the militias, the militaries in those states rose up and attacked, physically attacked the United States of America. They broke off and they launched a military attack on the United States. January 6th was not an insurrection. You had a bunch of unarmed white trash storming the halls of the U.S. Capitol, role-playing 
what they believe a true patriot is, and generally being idiots. That is not an insurrection. They merely paused an official proceeding. They had no plan. They were not trying to overthrow anything. They were trying to cause chaos because that's what they wanted to do. The problem is that a panel of judges decided that Donald Trump was de facto guilty of something he has not been charged with, much less found guilty of. The courts cannot do that. In this country, if you are accused of a crime, you are charged with it, and you are tried for it by a jury of your peers. And the only way you don't get a jury of your peers is if you opt to go to have a uh, to not have a jury trial. That's what happens. Donald Trump, if the Democrats really believe he incited an insurrection, would charge him with that. But these judges looked at all of the evidence and said, yeah, he's guilty. And so therefore, because we have declared him guilty, he is ineligible to run for office. That's not how our system works. And it is, it is an extremely dangerous precedent. Kamala Harris is the vice president of the United States. Kamala Harris raised money and donated money to the legal defense funds of Antifa activists who were burning down American cities in the summer of 2020. If you think that Donald Trump was responsible for a group of idiots charging into the Capitol and disrupting an official proceeding... If you think that's an insurrection, then paying the legal fees of people trying to burn down cities, people launching an attack on police uh, stations, on courthouses in cities across America, paying for their legal fu uh, funds, that's just as much, if not more, an insurrection. When you initiate lawfare instead of winning at the ballot, you have set a precedent that will be used against you. And the Democrats refuse to learn this lesson. They refuse to learn that lesson. And time and again, Democratic precedents have been used for Republican victories. Want proof? Go talk to Ruth Bader Ginsburg's replacement. This is not a good decision in Colorado, but that's where we are. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. but first, your pest of the day. Whoops. That wasn't supposed to happen. Let's try that again. 
It is your pest of the day, brought to you by J&J Exterminating. So our pest of the day is going to be ABC News, just ABC News in general. They, they have a reporter there that decided to launch this attack against Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House and Louisiana Congressman. Speaker Mike Johnson and his daughter were profiled attending a purity ball in 2015 German in a German uh, TV news segment. They're using that. They're using Mike Johnson taking his daughter to a purity ball as an attack against Mike Johnson. Because Mike Johnson lives his faith and wants to practice his faith and took his daughter to a purity ball, that means he needs to be attacked. Once again, they are attacking the man because of his faith, and that's what makes them and their despicable reporting your J&J Pest of the Day. Brought to you by J&J Exterminating, Louisiana's largest independently owned pest control company. You can find them online at jjext.com. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number, or you can use the KPL app chat. Shout out to Shaky and Billy in Church Point, uh, both of whom have messaged in. I do want to let you know that this is your 5 o'clock news cruise. It's brought to you by Acadiana's number, number one Chevy dealer for nine years in a row, an impressive streak. Get it all at Service Chevrolet Cadillac. Here in Lafayette, just around the corner from the station, actually, 1212 Ambassador Caffrey, or check them out online at servicegm.com. They have uh, hundreds of vehicles on the lot, new and used inventory coming in every day. Uh, and it's not just the vehicles on the lot. You can go there, uh, parts and service department to help you out with your automotive needs, body shop, collision center, fine line, custom auto. They've got the wash, all of that to meet your needs. Find new roads with Service Chevrolet Cadillac. Their family serving your family for the last 50 years. And by the way, men and women of the military, our first responders, our educators, Service Chevrolet thanks you for your service to the country, the community, to our kids. They have special pricing just for you. So you need to head on down and check them out. Guaranteed you're not going to be disappointed. Go check out Service Chevrolet Cadillac today. Gonna switch gears. I don't want to talk about Colorado anymore. You guys, again, you guys have heard it all day. Um, I do want to mention before we go one last thing. Um, there will come a time when the Democrats absolutely will reap what they sow, and you and I both know they will learn nothing from this which is really just sad. But that's where we are. The Democrats are relying on lawfare instead of winning at the ballot. That's a dangerous precedent. All right, more of your news of the day on the Joe Cunningham Show when we get back here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. America, I'm disappointed. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Somebody retweeted into my Twitter timeline. I refuse to call it X. It's still Twitter to me. Uh, somebody retweeted into my timeline that men's nightgowns were for sale. They're for sale for $18. Retail at $27. Uh, if you own a men's nightgown, please do not let me know because I'll be very disappointed in you as well. But that's not the, that's not the only disappointing thing. Turns out the uh, the tweet that was retweeted is actually from 
a year ago, if you click the link to Amazon, it says they're sold out. The men's nightgown, the nightshirt, it's just a long nightshirt if it's a nightgown, is sold out. I've never been more disappointed in our country than I am right now. Anyway, 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message to the KPL app chat. I want to switch gears real quick. Over at theheyride.com, they have this piece from, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's from the center square, but it's posted at the Hayride. A new report highlights Louisiana's declining gas, rev- gas tax revenues amid a government-motivated transition to electric vehicles and offers solutions to replace the funding. A report issued last week by the Reason Foundation, a free market think tank, examined the impact on Louisiana's gas tax revenues based on different scenarios of electric vehicle adoption in the coming years. Collections from Louisiana's 20 cent per gallon gas tax, the primary funding source for road and bridge work, increased from $590 million in the fiscal year 2014 to $636.4 million in fiscal year 2019 before declining by 8% to $585 million amid the pandemic in 2012. By fiscal year 2022, revenues had rebounded to $622.4 million, but researchers expect increased fuel efficiency standards and electric vehicle sales to put collections on a downward trajectory over the coming decades. The most reasonable mid-level scenarios translate to a loss of $250 million by 2040 and over $325 million by 2050, assuming that just under 40% of vehicles would be EVs by that time. Now, electric vehicles are not really all that popular in Louisiana, but this does have some local implications. Um, There is word going round that the incoming mayor president's administration, Monique Blanco-Boulay's incoming mayor president administration um, here in Lafayette Parish will have a climate initiative. There will be increased focus on solar farms, There will be uh, increased focus on how to supplant the oil and gas industry that had largely begun moving out of Lafayette already. And I'm concerned about that. The words carbon capture were also tossed around as well. It's very concerning to know that because as much as people would like to say it's about saving the climate, which you can't say because humans really don't have that much of an impact. We are but a speck in the history of the earth, and we always will be. The fact of the matter is that when municipalities, when local governments start looking into climate initiatives, it's not about the climate. It's about the federal money that comes in with it. It's an extra funding mechanism, which should raise all the red flags. In Lafayette, you should be very, very concerned that if any government agency locally starts to announce some major climate initiatives, that's going to mean more federal money coming in, which means budgets inflate. Federal money is always added 
to a budget as a recurring expense. But the federal money doesn't always come in. And over time, as the federal government starts pulling some of that money back, the budgets remain the same. Because once a government get, once a government body gets a taste of government of, of federal money, once they get a taste of increased spending, they don't want to give it up. So if those whispers are true, that there is a focus on climate that will be a part of the next administration, you can expect that federal money will be added to parish and city government budget and the budget will balloon. That will inevitably down the road lead to tax increases because once the federal money dries up, the government body will not want to give up the increased spending in their budget. It always happens. Always, 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 always happens. Well, we just got a big check from the federal government. Let's go ahead and throw that into our budget, use it for these projects, and use it for maintaining these things that we're building with that government money. And that maintenance goes on and on and on and on and on, but eventually the federal money dries up. We got to pay for it. Well, what's an extra millage here or there? What's some extra taxes, some sales taxes, things like what's, you know, what are some of these extra things that we could do to help balance the budget? Because balancing the budget is government speak for finding more money to pay for things. It's going to happen. If there's a climate initiative, if there's more focus on green and renewable energy, there's going to be an increase in the budget. And that federal money will not be there forever. So while Louisiana is looking at, hey, how can we maybe benefit from this? And while locally we may be looking at, hey, what are some ways we can get some of the government money in on this? As the federal government pushes more green initiatives, pushes more electric vehicles, pushes for more solar farms, pushes for more wind farms. The fact of the matter is, for local governments, it's just a money grab. That's going to be a net negative for Lafayette and a net negative for Louisiana. All right, let's switch gears real quick. I want to get to a couple other stories that I I think need to be touched on. So, here's the deal. I'm not going to be here tomorrow and Friday. I've got, you know, I've got some uh some previous shows, some other stuff in case you've missed any of the other shows. Got some stuff coming in. Um so there will there will be content for you to listen to tomorrow. But I'm not going to be here um my kids are out of school, but my wife is not done teaching, so I'm at home with my kids tomorrow, and I'm going to get to spend just time at home with my kids, which I rarely get to do except on the weekends, and on the weekends, we're all just so tired that we don't really do all that much. That's what I'm going to do tomorrow, though. Tomorrow and Friday, spending time with the kids. But 
Speaking of kids and speaking of schools, there is a piece from The Atlantic that should concern parents. It sure looks like phones are making students dumber, is the name of the piece at The Atlantic. For the past few years, parents, researchers, and the news media have paid closer attention to the relationship between teenagers' phone use and their mental health. Researchers such as Jonathan Haidt and John Twerge, Twinge have shown various measures of student well-being began a sharp decline around 2012 throughout the West just as smartphones and social media emerged as the attentional centerpiece of teenage life. Some have suggested that smartphone use is so corrosive it's systemically reducing student achievement. I hadn't quite believed that last argument until now, the writer says. The group PISA finds that students who spend less than one hour of leisure time on digital devices a day at school scored about 50 points higher in math than students whose eyes are glued to their screens more than five hours a day. The mere presence of a smartphone in our field of vision is a drain on our focus. Even a locked phone in our pocket or on the table in front of us screams silently for the shattered fragments of our divided attention. And I maintain, this is back to me personally, I maintain that COVID-19 did irreparable harm to our kids, not just because they were out of school, but because they were spending so much time at home scrolling through apps like Instagram and TikTok, and TikTok in particular. Because these apps are divided to capture the attention, and it's capturing the attention of children whose brains are not fully developed yet, it is having a negative impact. You could go find a teacher who has been teaching for 15 years, and they will tell you. They will tell you that since 2012, kids have gotten progressively less accomplished in the classroom. And over the last six or seven years in particular, it's gotten really bad. And since COVID, it's gotten extraordinarily bad. Add to that now that we have artificial intelligence, generative AI with ChatGPT and other sources, allowing it allows computers to do a lot of the thinking for students. And I go back to something that I've been saying for a while, and it's something that I'm going to have to remember uh, in my own life because we have screens for our kids. Our kids have screens. They have access to TVs. They have access to tablets and other devices in our house. We have to constantly make sure that we're, we're hitting the right balance here. I don't want my kids going and locking themselves in their room on their devices all the time. It happens sometimes, but I don't want it to happen all the time. But go talk to high school teachers in particular, and they're going to tell you. They will tell you absolutely. They've seen student achievement go down and down and down. And it's not because of standards, not because of anything that's happening in the school. It's because kids' attention is so divided, they're not focusing on the learning anymore. They're not taking in new relevant information. The only information they're taking in is what they see on those screens in little 15-second to one-minute chunks on those apps. Societally, we have to do a whole lot better. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back to wrap up here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL.
Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL, send a message to the KPL app chat if you haven't yet. Uh, again, I'm going to be out tomorrow uh, and Friday. I'll be back on Tuesday. Of course, Monday is Christmas. Uh, very much want to uh, wish you guys a very, very Merry Christmas. Um, one of the things, speaking of screens in the last segment, um, one of the things that I'm making a conscious effort to do uh, over this over this break um, is to not be on mine a whole lot. I have to I have to do my red state work, so I, I'm still copy editing at red state. I'll be writing columns. You can find those on over on Substack as well as redstate.com. Um. I I so I've got to I've got to do my red state stuff uh, in the morning both days, but after 11 a.m. Um, I'm I'm not going to be really spending a whole lot of time on social media unless I'm sharing stupid jokes or memes or whatever. Uh, I I'm I'm I don't really want to pay attention to a whole lot of the news. I, I want to spend time with my kids, and over the weekend I want to spend time with my family. Go going to visit parents, in laws, uh, see my siblings, see my nephews and uh, my my nieces uh, this weekend. I know I know it's very tempting for us to want to stay hooked into the news, stay plugged into everything, keep an eye on everything. But it's it's not good for all of our mental health if we are constantly overstimulated by the news and by the every little thing that gets reported from time to time. My big request to y'all is that you 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 take the time and you spend it with your families. Um when it's Christmas time, when you're with your families, when you're spending your time with your families, don't look at the phone. Don't look at the cable news channels. Don't don't look at any source of information. The only information that you need is the knowledge that about 2,000 years ago, a child was born in a manger, and that child became the savior of the human race, of all of God's creation. Polling, presidential politics, what's happening in Washington, D.C., what's happening in Baton Rouge, what's happening here in Lafayette, that can wait. Focus on the season and focus on your families. You guys have a great, great rest of your week and a great weekend. I'll talk to you again very soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, and email Joe at RedState.com. Have a great Great, great holidays season. Have a Merry Christmas. I'll be back before you know it here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.